0: If you would all rise with me for the reading of the word, and you could open your Bibles to Exodus chapter 33, starting on verse 14, we're going to read through 18, and then after that we're going to jump to Ezekiel chapter 47. So starting Exodus 33, starting at verse 14, I will read out loud, and then you could read in your mind. Yeah, the Lord replied, my presence, everybody say my presence, presence. will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence, say presence, does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. We're going to skip to Ezekiel chapter 47, uh, starting on verse 1. It says, The man brought me back to the entrance to the temple and I saw water, say water, Water. coming out from under the threshold of the temple, say temple, Temple. toward the east. The water, say water. water, was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east. And the water, say water, Water. was trickling from the south side. We're going to jump to verse 9. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever, say wherever, The the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because of this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Everybody say, everything will live. And then lastly, verse 12, it says, fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit because what? The water from the sanctuary flows to them. The fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. Let us pray. Father, I thank you that today you want to make us live to your presence. Your presence is like water that gives life. And you want us to become alive. So many of us, God, are dead to your presence but today you want to make us alive. And not only do you want us to give us the gift of your presence, you are asking us to give you the gift of our presence. So Father, speak. Lord, open our ears to hear the truth that you would hide my own voice with your spirit, that your sons and daughters will hear the voice of their father, that you would rebuke us, awaken us, correct us, strengthen us, heal us, do whatever you need to do to make us be that water that flows from your presence, Lord. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray amen you may be seated i don't know if you guys knew because some people are like what you are gone i was gone (laughs) i was in nepal for about 10 days and i just came back thursday night so i'm a little jet lagged right so you pray for me so i want to start this sermon with my nepal presentation update is that okay with you So, Nepal is like only 1% Christianity, okay? So, if you think about a map, okay? There's Nepal, it's like oval. North is China, south is India. The northern region is like Himalayas, it's like mountain, okay? And then the middle part is middle. They have a highway there. Like, if you want to go anywhere, you got to go through the middle. You climb the mountains or you go south. South part is uh, kind of flat ground, okay? Now, it was amazing. It was like a scouting trip for Sharon and I. We wanted to know if God was calling this house to the nation of Nepal, right? And so what we did was, you know, we got to meet a lot of pastors and NGOs and we got to really like witness what God was doing and like asking God, God, are you calling us here? I met this, when I first got there, I had the privilege of training uh, these bunch of pastors from Nepal. They traveled up to three days. I'm not talking about like driving for three days. I'm talking about coming down the mountain, like walking two days and then getting on the bus for the third day to get to Kathmandu where we were and we did pastor's training. There was this one pastor. I was like, I'm not worthy to be like training and teaching these pastors. There was this one pastor Few, many years ago, in his village, there was no Christian and there was no church. But he traveled, you know, traveled somewhere and then he received Jesus and then he came back. They were having this town hall meeting and in the middle of the meeting, he felt led by the Holy Spirit to get up and say, I'm a Christian. And when he said that, Everybody, all the young people were looking at the chief, the, the elder, to ready to beat him up and kill him. And as they were ready to, you know, move into action, the, the leader didn't do anything, say anything. And then what happened after that was there were like handful of underground Christians who were too afraid to say, I'm a Christian. And so these handful of people came to this guy and said, I'm a Christian too. And so they started this fellowship. They started this church. And then once they started this church, the whole villagers came, burning the the, 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 the building, beating up the Christians, and not only Christians, but friends of Christians. Like friends would come, Right? And hang out with the Christian, and the villagers will see and say, You're a Christian too. We saw you hanging out with her. And then they're like, I'm not a Christian. I don't believe in Jesus. Yes, you are. And they would beat them up so much that after getting beat up, these people who did not know Jesus, I think it's the holy I don't know how this logic goes. They said, if I have been beaten in the name of Jesus then I must belong to Jesus. And they gave their lives to Jesus. These are the pastors that I got to teach. And guess what I taught on? Purpose, identity, nature, and mission. I was, I was so honored and privileged. We met with this another uh, church planter Right? So he works on the southern, right? On the southern, there's Muslims, Hindu, uh, Buddhist, and Communist. It's really dangerous. He said one day, few just like three, four years ago, I was re- going to this unreached region and we got bombed four times. And then you know what he said? It was amazing. Yeah. Sharon and I were like what? And he said, you know what? When God calls, nothing can touch you. No one was harmed. Right? Uh, We got to work with this Love Justice. They are uh, fighting human trafficking. Thousands and thousands of these young girls are trafficked into India and China. Right? And so what they do is they go to local churches. There's a handful of churches. They would go to local churches by transit site or like the border and they would say, can you, you know, they would share the vision and the pastor would raise up their members. And you know what they do? Two by two, they would go to by the border and transit site where the buses go in and through. And they would just look for any signs of trafficking. And you know what they do? Every month they rescue over 100 women. But you know what's crazy is this. When we go as foreigners, because number two, like money-making in Nepal is tourists. So if you are not Nepalist, right? If you are from anywhere else, you are protected. The government will do anything to protect you because you bring money. And so a lot of these love justice foreigners are untouched. But the local Christians—they are the ones that are working in this borders and transit site. They are not protected. So a lot of these Christians who they risk their lives, and they said that hundreds of them are being stabbed, beaten. But the government will not do anything. Now, I, you know, after I did the training, I got to preach at this local church. And after, you know, we had dinner, you know, with the pastors and their leaders and this one small, very, like, shorter than me pastor, right? I, and I, I recognized him because while I was preaching, he was, like, trembling, you know? And I was like, wow, he really loves Jesus, but I didn't know he was a pastor. <laughs> he comes, and you could, he's only 25 years old. Anybody 25? Mid-20s, mid-20s. Everybody in 20s, raise your hand. Okay? He got saved. He's 25 years old. He got saved five years ago. Anybody got saved five, 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 around five? Okay? He got saved five years ago. Okay? His village had no Christians, had no church. Okay? To come to that training, he had to hike down two days on foot, get on the bus all day to come to that training. With trembling, with tears in his eyes, he said, God called me, I got saved only five years ago. I never went to Bible college. Two years ago, God called me, so I planted our first church in our village. Two years ago, and my church building has been burned down twice already. And if anybody gets saved, the whole villagers come to persuade them back to Buddhism. And you could tell, just 25 years old, 25 years old, didn't go to Bible college. You know, he just has passion and love for Jesus and for the body of Christ. And my heart just ached. And I said, okay, is there any other churches? He's like, no, we're the only one. How many members do you have? We only have 40 members. And 40 members, are they're being persecuted up there. How many people live in your village? 700 people. You guys, 700 people against this 40 people. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm trying to rebuild our small church building, third time again. And in that moment, you know what God told me? He's like a little brother, right? 25 years old, doing his best. God says, Sonny, all your life, you've been crying out for my presence. More of you, God. Just like we sang all day, I mean, (coughs) during worship today. When I pray about presence of God, more of God, I can't help but to weep. Because his presence is everything to me. He says, Sonny, you've been crying out for my presence all your life. And I'm asking you, will you give Bomb? His that's his name, Bomb. Will you give Bomb the gift of your presence? And then I realized, guys, he Every one of you, you have more knowledge of the Bible than this guy. You are more mature than this guy. He doesn't have pastors who preach the word to him every Sunday. He has to go to God without training. But when when I saw him there with teary eyes, with trembling, I could sense his desperation. I'm doing my best, but I'm alone. If I could just, if just, if I could just have anybody. And you know what? I realized that God made it so easy for us, because as foreigners, we could trek, trek up there, right? Only thing we would sacrifice is our physical comfort, but the government of Nepal will keep us safe. They People will not, you know what I mean? Imagine, we're untouchable, and we get to go to this village. You know what our presence will do to Pastor Baum? Pastor Baum, that's shaking and that's trying to do his best in our presence, in the presence of big brother, big sister, he could lift his head up high. Our presence will bring him safety, security, support, encouragement. But you know what it will take? About 36 hours of flight to Kathmandu. About six hours. We don't have to go on the bus for all day because we have the money to rent a 4x4, right? We six hours in the car. We get to this one village. We have to hike, trek nine hours to this one village called Sertung. These people are desperate. They're saying, we don't have any training. We have a Bible, but the Bible, we don't understand it because there's different dialects. And the only way we know how to grow is by hearing the teachings. But we don't have new teachings. Can you please come teach us? You know that person who said, I'm a Christian? That pastor's son came and met with us at a cafe and begged us. And he said, I know I know how to speak English. I know how to speak you know, the local language, I would be more than happy to go with you and translate, please bring training. So we will go to certain, nine hours. We will train the local believers, okay? A couple of days, and then we'll have to pack up, hike nine hours up the mountain again, high elevation. There we get to Hindung. Everybody say Hindung. Where your brother, my brother, bomb is serving all alone. and there it doesn't matter what we bring our presence god says your presence is gift to this villager so i want to ask you to pray about it you know pray about i don't have much but i think i could give the gift of presence for these persecuted christians and if God speaks to you, come talk to me after. And if maybe join us in our missions information meeting today after service. Amen? Now, the presence. I want to talk about the presence. Because coming back from Nepal, like that's all I heard. The presence, the presence, the presence. And the, my last morning... In Nepal, I opened the Bible for my daily devotional. It was Exodus chapter 25. And it says, God telling Israelites, I want you to put the bread of your presence on the table of my presence at all times. Everybody say, at all times. And I felt like God was saying, "Sonny, will you lay the bread of your presence? Just like you're asking me for my presence, will you give your presence to me and to my sons and daughters. You know why I'm so hungry for God's presence? Because I grew up knowing another presence. Ever since I was in sixth grade, I would every night, maybe not every night, maybe like three to five times a week, I would get attacked demonically. And I would just try to sleep and just demonic evil presence Just comes. I don't know if you experienced it if anybody experienced it's it sucks life out of you It just and then like all my senses come alive, and I become so fearful and I had to live my life like that sixth grade all the way up to until I married Benjamin and as I married Benjamin like, it decreased a little bit, but once in a while, like, it would still come, right? Now, in that, what I learned was certain presence sucks life out of you. Can I just be real with you? Too much of Netflix will suck life out of you. You think, I believe in Jesus, going to a bar, getting kind of... You know, I'm not drunk, but you know, you're a lot more happier than I know. You're talking a lot more than you usually do. There's certain presence when you go into that sucks life out of you. I, there's a member. They're not, she's not with us anymore. I have to do inner healing with her over a year, every week for a long time because what at a certain time she walked into a, a strip club and something came over her right and she couldn't get delivered from this demonic presence and then from there she got into she fell into uh, manic depression right and so we had to I had to work with her and as I worked with her I, I was trying to find the, the, the entrance and the entrance was she went and she said it all started When she went into that club, there's presence that sucks life out of you. I'm wondering how many of us are around certain presence that sucks life out of us and we don't even know. There's another pastor here in San Francisco that Benjamin and I uh, met with. You know, we're friends. And he said he's not from San Francisco. And he came to San Francisco to plant his church. And he said after about few years of planting his church he said all the only way i could describe is that i just lost my mind. My mind was going crazy and i just told my wife call 911. And you know the ambulance had to come and get him. And he didn't know what was wrong. All he it's like his mind was just going crazy. And while he was in the hospital he was like praying, right? And then he God showed him a spiritual attack. It's the territorial of spirits of San Francisco that's sucking sound mindness, that's sucking life out of you. Right? And so he started to pray in the spirit, and he could sense his his mind coming back. And it took him like a few months. Like he had to take medication, like he really had to get help. And it's been a few years. So I said, Oh. Are you completely set free? He said, yes. However, there are certain areas in San Francisco, every time I drive by or walk by those certain regions, it comes on me and I could sense. And I have to just speak in the heavenly language. And that's the only way I know how to come back from this presence sucking life out of me. It's real. God is real. Evil presence is real. When I went to Sudan back in, I don't know, 2005 or six, they were killing Christians. They were were burning them. You know, I went to a refugee camp. There are thousands of people there. And I was at an orphanage there. And these orphans were very violent. And the reason why they were violent was because they witnessed their own parents getting burned to death, getting stabbed. They saw their own parents, and I remember going there. I was so excited to be amongst right, and but then you know what was crazy in that refugee camp? There was like the the presence. I couldn't, I couldn't tap into the presence of God that you felt this morning. No matter what I did, and when, and like, I feel like every day I I woke up, it's like 20% of life was being sucked out of me. I mean, if you look at this, water represents life, right? Water gives life. 60% of your body is made up of water. Without water, right, you're going to dehydrate and you're going to die, they say, right? You can live without food for three weeks, but without water, you can't last three to four days. Maximum, if you're like crazy, crazy, you can last a week. But in if you don't understand, if you are in the presence that sucks life, right? Here, help me drink. (laughs) You don't even know. You think, you think, yeah, I, I still I'm still alive, right? I'm still alive, right? I'm okay, but you have no idea how much life was sucked out of you. Right? Right? You you feel disappointed. You walk in disappointment. Right? Just life and evil presence just sucks life out of you. I want you to, I want you to look at this cup with water and, and see it as you. But you know what? Knowing that evil presence that sucks life of, life out of me, when I met Jesus, And I felt the presence of God for the first time. I felt him with every fiber in my body. And, 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 and you know what? I didn't even know anything. I wasn't trained, nothing. But when I felt his presence, tears came down. And without me thinking, I keep saying, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. And I'm thinking, do you even know him? What do you mean you love him? But when my, when my presence met with the presence of God, something inside of me came out and says, I love you. Jesus, this love that I never knew I had just flew out in the presence of God. You know, many years ago, Benjamin led this Japanese grandmother, okay? Uh, Her kids came to our church. She never stepped her foot into a church until one Sunday she visited our church once, right? And she's never heard of the gospel. She was dying of cancer. Benjamin went to the hospital. And he, he just sat on her bed, starting from Abraham. He just told the Bible story. Abraham all the way to Jesus. And she's like, when, you know, when he was dying, like Jesus was dying, she's like crying. <gasps> what? He had to die for me, right? And then when, when Benjamin said, now, would you like to receive Jesus? She's like, yes. And they held hands. And he led her to Christ. And as she repeated the prayer, right, she started, the tears started to come down. And she started to say, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. And Benjamin's thinking, what? You just received Jesus. You've never known his presence. What do you mean? You you love him. She just cried. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. And she passed away that weekend. And her children came and told Benjamin this. That when Benjamin was leading her to Christ, as he was praying, she saw Jesus come into the room, and she said he was so beautiful. Just seeing Jesus, she couldn't help but say, I love you. I love you, Jesus. You know, Exodus chapter 33, we read this. You know why? There's two life verses for me. One is Mark chapter 5, verse 36. Don't be afraid, just believe. Why? Because I lived with fear. You think, oh, Pastor Sonny, yeah, you, yeah, of course. You're a missionary. You go to Sudan. You go anywhere. Of course, you're different. No, guys. Up until I was early 30s, I was afraid. I was so afraid. I was afraid of speaking in front of people. I was afraid of bugs. I was afraid of demons. I was afraid of other people that I feel. I mean, even before people rejected me, I already rejected myself on their behalf. Because of that, because I lived with fear so much, I needed this verse. You know, don't be afraid. Just believe, just believe. I am loved, I am loved. I go in the room, I am loved, I am loved. I go on the mission trip. There's bugs everywhere. Don't be afraid. Just believe. Just believe. Just believe. Don't be afraid. When I stand in front of people to preach, don't be afraid. Just believe. Just believe. I have to to cling to this verse. And then this, Exodus 33, verse 14, was the prophetic promise that God gave me during one of our all-night prayers. My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And Moses said to him, God, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. That, I was like, God, like, I know nothing. Pastor ba- Baum, he know, I, I'm, I was worse than him. God, I know nothing. I don't have giftings like those, you know, like people like Benjamin. Like, if you don't go, if you don't go, I'm not going to be able to do anything, God. If you don't go, I can't make anything happen, God. God, if you're not going, I didn't, My, you know what my prayer was? My prayer wasn't, don't send me if you're not going, if your presence isn't going to go with me. You know what my prayer was? If your presence doesn't go with me, just kill me. So dramatic, right? (laughs) It's the Korean blood in me. (laughs) Give me life or give me death. Give me more, or give me death. All right? I said, God, I'd rather die than to live this life on earth without your presence. And when God gave me Exodus chapter thirty-three, my presence will go with you. These are three promises that God gave me, and I feel like it's promise for you. If you call this your home, this is your promise. Number one, this is God's promise. You will know my presence. You know, if you don't know Jesus, you're dead to his presence. But the presence of God gives life. That's why you're dying every day. He said, promise number one, you will know my presence. Promise number two, you will be known by my presence. You know, when you go somewhere, nobody knows you. Nobody will call you. But when you go to a place where you're known, Joyce! Right? Anna! You're known by someone's presence. Nobody comes near you unless you are known. God is saying, you will be known by my presence. Wherever you go, my presence will come. Anna! You will be known. You or you, my presence can't help but be, but but be attracted to you and become attached to you. You will be known by my presence. Promise number three. This one, I love this one. You will be known for my presence. They may not know me to be wise, hmm? but they will know me by His presence Water gives life, right? It lubricates your joints Without water you can't even release Have you ever been constipated? Do you know how painful it is try to release it's like having a child guys anybody experienced that? You need water You need water. You need water to think. You need water to live. Ezekiel 47, we read, right? The water that trickles from the sanctuary of God, right? I mean, think about it. On my own, I am a trickle. What can can this trickle do, guys? Can this trickle quench your thirst? It can't do anything. If you're dehydrated, I go, okay, here. (laughs) You're still dehydrated and you die. Every year, you know, people die of dehydration, even in America. I know my first year of marriage, Benjamin had to like drive like three miles an hour taking me to emergency because I was dehydrated. Because every move, I thought I was going to die, right? You need water to live. But by myself, I'm a trickle. But the trickle by myself, that does nothing. But the trickle that flows from the sanctuary, the presence of God, the scripture says, right, as it flows, this trickle from the presence of God becomes ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, swim deep, and it becomes a river. And the verse says, I think 9, wherever... This water goes, everything will live. What is once dead when this water goes by? It brings life. Not only will dead things come to alive, but along the banks of this river, right? The trees will grow. The trees will bear fruit every month. It says, why? Because the water that flows from the sanctuary flows through them Hmm? wherever the water goes everything will live today the word of god is this if we don't know jesus we are dead to his presence you don't know what living is just like we stand you haven't known me until you've seen me filled with joy and his in his presence right When we don't know Jesus, you don't know life. We are dead to his presence. But even when we know Jesus, when we don't come to the presence of God, when we don't come lay our presence on the table of God's presence, if our water doesn't flow from the sanctuary, instead of going to sanctuary, the presence of God, where our water, our source of our water is God, right? Instead, if we go to other things, it could be anything, boys, job, money, Netflix, Korean drama. I'm talking to myself. (laughs) Every one of those isn't a bad thing. As long as, ever say as long as. As long as I go to the sanctuary, to the presence of God. But if you feel like you just need something, you just need to rest, you just need, and then instead of going here, you go to those other things, then that becomes the source. Then what that does is instead of giving life to you, right, it sucks life out of you. And your cup gets emptier. See, emptier it is. You become more apathetic. Eh. Wow, wow, wow. Eh. Let's pray. Eh. <laughs> we gotta go to church and worship. Eh. We gotta read the Bible every day. We gotta eat food every day. That's our spiritual food. Is that really the answer to all my problems? Less water you carry. You care less for the spiritual things. The actual things that give you life. When you come to church on Sunday, we're not just, you're not here just for religious activity. Ah, Okay, you know, check checklist, right? No, you're coming to the sanctuary of God and you're laying the bread of your presence just like, just like Exodus twenty five thirty says, put the bread of the presence on the table to be before me at all times. When you come and you worship, you're getting filled. You hear the word of God being preached, you're getting filled. Hmm? The presence of God that you experience, you're getting filled. And the more you get filled, you become alive. You become alive to the things of God. You become alive to the presence of God. And the more you become alive to the presence of God, the more life that you will experience. There's nothing like the presence of God. You know what else God is saying? You see, I told you this story, and I'm not going to go through it again. My mother was in pain. She was being tormented, right? And I tried everything. Nothing was helping, and I gave up. I left her there. I said, I'm sorry, Mommy. I went to my room. I was like, I should just quit ministry. I am not qualified. You know, how can I become a missionary to the nations when I can't even help my own mother, right? I was depleted of life. And Jesus, the one and only time where the actual presence of Jesus appeared in my room. Jesus appeared in my room, and the moment he appeared, Everything made sense. Things that didn't make sense without hearing anything in his presence, everything made sense. In his presence, the, the atmosphere shifted. In his presence, my mindset shifted. In his presence, my attitude changed. In his presence, my dead faith became alive. In his presence, my mother crawled in again, helped me, and I was able to set her free and release healing for the first time in my life. For my mother, there's power in the presence of God. And God is saying today, today, I want to give you more of me. It's not good enough for me as, for me, for you as my sons and daughters to live this life without knowing this greater presence of God. The presence of God gives you life daily when you're dried out like a raisin. Because this life sucks out of you. In your job, they suck life out of you, right? When you're sucked out, God says, my presence will give you life. It will hydrate you. And God is saying, today, I want to awaken you to that reality, to that truth of my presence. I want to awaken your spirit to my presence. I want you to become alive again. To his presence. But not only that, not only that, God is saying, I want to give you my presence, but I want you to give me your presence. Wow. Just like God spoke to me in Nepal, Sonny, Sonny, you've been asking for asking me for my presence. I want you to give me the gift of your presence. Wow. How? By giving Pastor Baum the presence of sons and daughters, the presence of living hope you know what I realized? Your presence coming here is that's powerful. It's more powerful than you think. You think, oh, I don't talk to anybody. I just come and I just leave. But you don't understand. Even if you did not open a mouth, even if you did not speak a word, your presence, the, the that little trickle, your presence This trickle, you came to the house of God, joined with other trickles. You don't know what kind of heavenly force you are releasing, not only in this house, but brothers and sisters that are sitting way on the other side that you have never even talked to. Your presence, when it flows from the sanctuary of God, brings power. You understand? Your sister, your brother may have been Been attacked by demonic forces, but because you came and they came, your presence, you understand, shielded them from those demonic attacks. You want me to give you an example? Remember I told you I I get attacked a lot, and once I married Benjamin, it decreased a lot, but once in a while, it would still come. One day, Alethea was still an infant, okay? She was still an infant. Benjamin was out of the country. I got demonically attacked. And in that moment, I felt led to go get Aletheia. When I got an infant that can't encourage me, that can't pray for me, that can't speak the truth to me, that can't read the Bible to me, I got the infant and I brought her to my room. You understand? My daughter's infant presence joined with my presence was so much more powerful than the evil presence. The evil presence lifted. And I was free for the rest of the night. Amen. You see, what can infant do? Can't say anything, can't pray, but the presence, Ale- yes presence itself, yes. evil presence ran when we were joined yes. together. Yes. Your presence, your presence matters yes. and it is powerful in this house. Yes. Your, your trickle joined with my trickle may have saved a brother or sister that are sitting here that we've never met, that we've never talked to. You hear me? There's power in the presence. And God is saying, today I want to give you the gift of my presence. And today I want you to give me the gift of your presence. Worship team, as you come up, let us pray. Father, I thank you that you have spoken the truth. That today you want to awaken your sons and daughters to the presence of the Father that gives life. God, so many of us, sons and daughters of God, that we've been so spiritually dehydrated and we didn't even know it. Mm-hmm. If some of you you feel, if, if you felt apathetic, it's because you're spiritually dehydrated. If you feel like eh, it's because You are spiritually dehydrated. Today, God wants to release his presence, the water of his presence upon you. I want you to open your hearts, and I want you to pray just silently. God, open my heart to your presence. Give me the gift of your presence God, I want to be hungry for more presence. But if I could be honest, I don't feel that hunger. I don't feel that desperation. I don't even know what that means. But I heard your truth. So I want you to awaken me to that, to the reality of that truth. I want you to pray right now. God, open my heart to receive your presence. Open my heart to desire your presence. God, I want to become alive again to your presence. God, in your presence, God, everything will make sense. In your presence, God, the dead things in my life will live again. God, I want to receive the water of your presence today. Come on, I want you to just speak to him where you are. Maybe you already know, and you already know his presence. Just say, God, I want more. I want more. God, right now I'm walking in the knee deep of your presence. God, I want to go to swim deep of your presence. Wherever you are, maybe you don't know Jesus and you don't even know what it means to be ankle deep. Say, God, God, I don't know you. I don't know you, but I heard the truth. So I want to open my heart to that truth. I want to receive the gift of your presence. Help me to know you wherever you are at. I want you to pray for more of his water, more of his presence in your life.